Welcome to Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up on the stories that we've been covering here at One News. And we are back in the legendary TVNZ Beehive studio. And look, we're all back together. Scones, lollipops. <laughs> the lollipops gone, but yes. It's like it never yeah. happened really, isn't it? No. The whole thing. No, Election, it's still a bad like memory. It's still a bad memory. <laughs> but in an effort to not talk about our post-election limbo, we're going to start to this week's podcast, our 10th episode, uh, with a, a chat about teachers' pay rises. New Zealand's teachers gearing up for a fight over pay. Just asking nicely will no longer cut it. And preparing to strike if they don't get a significant rise. It's most likely we will be looking down the barrel of industrial action. Collective agreements covering almost 30,000 primary school principals and teachers expire in May and June next year. Then next October, a deal covering secondary school teachers also runs out. They want a 14.5% rise for teachers at the top of the pay scale. That's a jump from just over $75,000 to $86,000. This rallying cry from a clip posted on social media. We can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with politicians, and maybe that's not surprising, seeing as our job's about communicating with people who often don't know very much. Teachers say their wages aren't keeping up with the cost of living. They've received ridiculously low wage increases for the past nine years, basically. And what's happened is that's meant it's become increasingly difficult to retain and attract teachers. Caretaker Education Minister Nikki Kay says primary school teachers' salaries have risen by more than 17% over the last decade. The Labour Party refused to comment on the pay claims today. The Ministry of Education says it will enter into negotiations next year. In a statement, the Ministry's Head of Early Education also said... The gap between the salaries of teachers and other similarly educated workers is smaller in New Zealand than it is in many other OECD countries, and female teachers earn more on average than other similarly qualified women. But these teachers are making it clear to whoever is in government they'll be putting up a big fight for more pay. So, teachers, is it war? Well, it's another brick in the wall. It's just <laughs> oh, God, Dad. Sorry, we apologise. No, I just think I like that. Anyway, <laughs> they, I, the I don't know where I am today. Teachers have long been at war. We all know teachers are long at war with the national government, and this is an ongoing issue for them. The timing's right for them to try and set it as an agenda when they go. They know that a government's been formed. Everyone's going into talks. Let's try, they're trying to put it on the table now and say, you know, keep us in mind when you're looking at this. I suppose to be fair to them, it was their annual conference. Of I mean, course, yeah. It, they're not isn't related to the negotiations. Um, you know, they both had their conference time for this. You know, post election. But yeah, I mean, it's an opening salvo, right? It's a. It's they don't. They they know they're not going to get fourteen point five percent, but they're they're going in high. Yeah, I, guess. I think it's interesting that the, the the takeout was the top end that they're trying to push that higher uh, the high end of the salary up because they're trying to they. It's that whole idea that you need to continue to track people as to teachers as a profession. Um, you know, they, they've got to deal with the issues of um, people who can't live in Auckland, mm. can't live in near the schools they're teaching at, and they clearly need to attract 
um, you know, hire qualified people into those roles. So it gives them a good negotiation point, knowing the government has admitted, yes, there is a teacher shortage, particularly in Auckland. They know that they have that power over them. There's something has to be done to attract more teachers to Auckland. The number of teachers I know who have left Auckland because they can't afford to be there and the people talking about it, it is, it'll become more and more of a problem unless something is done. And this gives them at least a starting point. And it's, I mean, it's not just house prices in Auckland. I mean, it just has become a less attractive mm. job because um, I think the OECD has discovered that um, on average, New Zealand teachers spend between 800 and 900 hours a week uh, or, uh, in the classroom, uh, whereas in other OECD countries, it's it's 700 hours. So it, they're, they're working a lot harder, they're working a lot longer, and they need to shift away from this perception that it's a cruisy job with lots of holidays, because actually there's a hefty workload now. They have a lot to keep up with, particularly with national standards. Oh, and the technology. And I mean, the the te- it's supposed to make it easier, them. the technology, yeah. But, yeah. but if you're not, you know, if you're not technical technically savvy, it's not going to be easier. So there are a lot more attractive options for, for graduates now, so it is it is a real problem. But the question is how much it's going to cost. I mean, the last time they had a, a huge pay rise, well, not actually just any pay rise in 2015, the current mm. uh, collective agreement is about to run out next year, it cost the government between 30 and 40 million extra a year, and that was, I think that was a 3% rise, so not, a, you know, now that well, they're asking for so much more than that. they've just found another 350 million in there. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Crown accounts for the year ending June um, have come came out today and they show that even on the pre-fu, which was only, what, four weeks ago? Yeah. Um, it's $363 million more. So there is a bit of money there. Debt's come down. It won't just be teachers lining up for that money, though. No, that's true. That <laughs> yeah. is true. The interesting thing for me was trying to get an answer out of Labour on, on where they would go. I mean, you know, they're still on the running to be in the government, and I, th- I thought they would have, given it was two unions... Um, opening the opening the yeah, do they do they want to be are they seen as more teacher aligned? Are they having to be more cautious in their expectations and or do they know where the money's coming from? Well, do they know? Well, I thought they'd pre-funded the money. That was the whole issue that the top that in terms of Labor had put the money into the baselines above for the education. line for education and health in terms of factoring in at least inflation. But whether they've got the extra to cover what the teachers actually well, want. the teachers, but the teachers want because the teachers' argument is is that that it hasn't um, kept pace, particularly between 2010 and 2014. They're still playing catch up on inflation, so it's whether Labour have actually budgeted mm. enough because the t- teachers have very well, high expectations. That was from the issue that Joyce was going on about that they didn't have a lot of spare money. But the example they used was police. Mm. Labour are probably a bit worried at the moment about committing, seen to be committing to anything because if they're going into negotiations <laughs> yeah. with New Zealand first, they don't want to say, OK, this is something we're definitely going to do if they then have to pull back from it, right? We're in this limbo mm. um, at the moment in terms of that and you have to wonder if that's why Labour are a bit cautious to, to put a stake in the ground probably. over it. But it comes back to this, um, this debate that we kept having over the election period about cost of living and wage growth and... As Katie says, teachers aren't the only ones with their hands out now because there is an expectation as the economy keeps ticking along that there is more money for people. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Winston's got this idea about pushing minimum wage up to 20 bucks an hour and cutting corporate taxes. It's quite interesting because some of the economists have started to speculate as to whether um, the economy is starting to hit into a bit of a slowdown and that um, migration, uh, you've got tourism, they're coming off the boil, mm. construction's coming off the boil. And funnily enough, Cameron Bagri, who's ANZ chief economist, who's actually quitting, he said in his outgoing comments, which I thought was quite interesting, he's kind of they're kind of open to the idea of Winston Peters and New Zealand First 
being involved in the government because it will actually loosen the purse strings and the government will spend more. And there's been an argument for a long time mm. that governments have yeah. sat on their hands and left it all to the reserve banks to try and stimulate the economy with low interest rates when, in fact, you need more government spending. So he's sort of saying, well, while all these other things in the economy are cooling off, actually maybe it's not the end of the world having Winston there because it will force the government to spend more. I think he's probably the only economist saying that, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think there's an argument um, globally that says um, governments should be doing more with fiscal policy to stimulate productivity and growth rather than relying on the Reserve Bank or interest rates or relying on immigration. Well, I think sure, it's a given is, that... We went back to this... It's gone back to this argument that we had post-GFC as well, didn't we, about how, the, you know, it's yeah. the government's place to stimulate the economy. Yeah. And so I think it's a given that Winston will force... Either whoever he goes with, it will force them to spend more. Oh, they would have walked well, into those coalitions they, with they know, the checkbooks. They, they know that he's going to be, whether it's the minimum wage, whatever it is, he's going to be. And on that be. score, I think Nationals got slightly more, well, it doesn't really matter, but I think they've got some flexibility in terms of what they can spend. They left, it, they left more money to spend, although um, they didn't, they, that m group bunch of money they have to spend is supposedly has to account for inflation and health and inflation and education. You know, that's that whole debate again. Mm. But there's certainly money to, to spend on um, coalition promises. Oh, would you look at that? We're back to election <laughs> promises. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Should we have a look at the tracks from this week? <laughs> History's shown Winston Peters knows all too well the importance of coalition phone calls. Hi, Helen. <laughs> But when it comes to taking his first post-election call from Bill English yesterday... Yeah, that's right, I didn't get a response. But that's, I think, consistent with what he said. Mr Peters says by the time he was aware of Mr English's call yesterday, it was too late to ring back. He's adamant it wasn't meant as a snub, others more sceptical. This is not, it seems to me, so much about forming a government as pandering to an ego. This morning, Mr Peters did return the call. And today he also announced that preliminary talks will proceed this week. Talks Bill English clearly wants to see sooner rather than later. And my concern has been that uh, the timetable that's been laid out would be pretty intensive. It's intensive because while Parliament doesn't sit again until November 23rd, Winston Peters has set his own deadline of October 12th. And he's also said he won't start formal talks until the special votes are announced on Saturday. And that means there could just be five days of proper talks to get a deal done. We've done three coalition agreements, the last three done for the New Zealand government, and uh, they certainly took longer than four or five days. The fact Labour expects to be in parallel negotiations, adding to the complexity, Jacinda Ardern also calling Mr Peters today. In a statement, she said, this morning I spoke with the New Zealand First Leader, Winston Peters. We will look to hold a meeting between our respective teams later this week while we wait for special votes to be counted. Preliminary talks this week ahead of formal negotiations will help lay important groundwork. However, former United Future leader Peter Dunn, who supported numerous coalition governments, says it's still going to be tight. I suspect that the time taken and the fact there's only going to be a few number of days available after the declaration of the specials may tend to lead against a formal coalition and some less formal arrangement being arrived at because it's going to be very difficult to negotiate a coalition in five days. However, with the icebreaker phone calls finally out of the way, expect the coalition wheeling and dealing to speed up big time. The pressure's building on New Zealand First MPs ahead of what are likely to be tense coalition talks. And today, they were sticking close to their leader. I'm going to lunch. Political leaders arriving back in Wellington. And while Winston Peters met with his caucus today, there's still been no official 
or even preliminary meetings with the national or Labour leaders. But Mr Peters is confident a deal can be done in his self-imposed deadline of five days. Do you think you can get this done in the time frame? Yeah, I do. That's the time between when special votes are counted this Saturday. 380,000 people who want their vote to be counted. And the date he's named to make a decision, October the 12th. It is tight, but it is doable. The first face-to-face meetings are expected to start on Thursday. Meanwhile, Jacinda Ardern's acknowledged today that picking up extra seats in Saturday's special vote count will be crucial to her comfortably forming a government. That's because currently Labour New Zealand First and the Greens can only muster a slim one-seat majority. I expect, or I hope at least, that the special votes will tell us that, yeah, actually, um, both parties still have um, reasonable claim to be undertaking those negotiations. And as for talk of a potential National Greens coalition, the Environment Minister isn't totally opposed to it. I think the Greens have made a bit of a strategic mistake in linking their wagon so closely with Labour, but there are issues that need to be worked through in the coalition negotiations. The Greens leader focused on dealing with Labour. That if Bill wants to call, you know, I'm happy to take the call and, and to have a conversation with him, but he hasn't called. So as far as I'm concerned, everything else is pure speculation. So I'm really busy trying to form a new government. So while preparations for talks are well underway behind the scenes, it's those 380,000 special votes everyone is now waiting on. Right, well, this is uh, a very, that was a very good example of just where we're at in this whole coalition negotiation. It is very much limbo, or wimbo, as I heard someone say the other day. Oh, Winston Watch. <laughs> Winston Watch. Wimbo, I like what that. What can we say, really, other than... I, I've, I've taken a very... Um, I don't like to get into the whole nitty-gritty of promises and negotiation detail because Policy I comparisons. believe... There's no point. There's no point. No. I mean, it's just it's just a film to... to um, fill column inches and airtime, but no one really knows. No one, no. no one knows apart from Winston and Bill English and Stephen Joyce and Jacinda and her team. You know, anyone concept. who who thinks they can guess what Winston is going to do is dreaming. Yeah, the concept of bottom lines is so fluid. I don't think so. I, mean, I think it's probably not unreasonable to think that he's going to have to do something on Pike and they're going to have to do something on this and that and this. But it's you know they'll come up, they'll be creative. There will be, re- you know, I, I guarantee this, whatever they come up with, we recreate yeah, it. Absolutely. Joyce is involved I mean, the in there. Inquiries and all sorts of things. The red they, lines are flexible. They I mean, are. There may I be red think, lines, I but there'll be I do think Pike them. will be one that he will stick to. Yeah, but of, I, of almost anything, the Pike one yeah, but is even something today, he's... Even today, even today, the Pike families, when they came out, they made some just sort of a little comment about um, old Winston and sort of, you know, sort of about the process and what the steps they'd need to take. Mm. It even sounded to me like, you know, Winston would have been just sort of saying to them, look, yes, we're going to get to that point of an unmanned entry that we want, but there's obviously all these steps they've got to go through first. Yeah. We're already getting on board that road anyway, aren't we? We are. But he also didn't get on board with Labor's plan. So that whole Labor, Greens, United Future Act plan that they all signed up to before the election, Winston wasn't part of that. And so he has, you know, their whole idea to set up a separate ministry to fund it and all that. That's not something Winston signed up for. Mm. So he has given himself far more flexibility in terms of what he'll do with River. Mm. So so that's what he'll be saying to them is look, I'm not I'm not saying that we're gonna set up a ministry or that we're gonna put a special fund aside or a person in charge of it, a commissioner of some sort. I we're gonna you know There's gonna be a resolution there one yeah. way or the other. He's gonna, he's gonna I mean, push to be fair to Winston, he's taken it on board, he's made it an issue, it's gonna be it's gonna he's got the power and you've got to think that he's gonna follow through on it. So I you do, know that thing that we said about not speculating about but which yeah. is what we just red did. Lines. <laughs> we just spent three minutes speculating <laughs> on Winston's red lines. I do yes. th- I do think while I mean we have of course been doing it every Minute, a waking minute of the day. We just haven't been 
voicing it <laughs> that much because it's I do think this, this limbo, while we're in limbo, I do agree that actually you should wait for the special votes uh, because it will, it could make a difference. Okay. And it is on, if it's 10% yeah. of the population's votes, and Winston seems to be having constantly having a go at the media as if we're telling him to hurry up. Well, we're not. I think everyone agrees that the special votes are important. That said, though, I have to say, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that everyone sat around for more than a week before talking. Yes, it's been a week I, and a half. I, I mean, what the hell were they doing? They could have been talking. Absolutely. It took him till Monday morning. All that groundwork that that should be going in right now it could have been all could have been done. We could have had a resolution much quicker. But mm. uh, they're all putting their feet up after the Although election, waiting say, for Winston. You say all that groundwork. The meeting was half an hour, yeah. if that. And so what did they? They sat there and they went, "Oh, okay. So maybe we'll have a meeting on Sunday, and this is who's going to talk to each other, and this is how we're going to do it." I did see a and funny tweet not- before we came in. Um, someone suggesting that during the meeting, Winston had suggested that Stephen Joyce be first into Pike River. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's we're still waiting till Sunday until any proper talks uh, uh, start, and yeah, then that's only five yeah, but I think, days I think to talking form to a Winston government. today and to hearing, it, as I said, as I said, I've said earlier in the week, um, as Jacinda Ardern said in an interview with Guy Spinner, and just hearing Winston today, those special votes, there's the, the issue is if the, the, the centre left has to get one, be at the very least, without if it got none. I think it would be very hard. I think it would be very hard for Adun to stay in it with any great commitment. She might stay in it and say, "Hey, I'll I'll be here in case National can't do a deal." But I think she's kind of signalled herself, hasn't she? That yeah. at sixty-one, mm. it's not enough. But in saying that, I think they're going to get one, right? Or two. You think they'll get two? Yeah, I think they'll get two. I think they could get two. Yeah. Well, then two it's going because, off. Boom. Because Absolutely. a lot of those, a, a big proportion of those are the, are the early votes. Yeah. And so they got the surge. The, yeah, the young, the youth. Oh, no, we're back to the youth quick. But the, the young people who enrolled and voted at the same time. All those lines we saw. No, I mean the first two weeks of the campaign. So many of them, like there were lines out at the Auckland University Quad the Wednesday before election day, mm. right? Of all those young people, half those people will be doing special votes outside mm. their electorate because or they, just early enrolments. or early mm. or whatever. And so those votes, well, you can't say that, of course, that they were going to be voting Labour Greens. They tend to yeah. sway in the left's favour. Also, all the votes overseas, again, it's young people living in London mm-hmm. who may be paying no attention we, to politics, but they look at Jacinda and, and the Greens do have a good international London-based yeah. campaign. Yeah. So. What I mean by the surge was, I mean, the first two weeks of the campaign, it was clear Jacinda Mania yeah. was, you know, riding high. And so did that have an early impact on the on the special votes? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then as the attacks over the fiscal hole and all the rest of it started to make their mark. People had already been voting by away. then. Some people may have already, may have you know still been voting on the on the earlier part of it. Anyway, but we don't know. I mean, again, it's an informed it's a total speculation. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm 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 thinking. No, but I'll tell you what though. No, I'll tell you what though. I think it's worth talking about this. Does Jacinda Ardern really deep down want it as much as Bill English? Well. It's hard to tell, really. I mean, she's got she's got t- she's got a lot of time, you know. She's mm. she's still young, her t- her main team's still young. They they can wait three years. Whereas I'm not sure that Bill English and Stephen Joyce can wait three years. And let's be honest, a coalition with Winston Peters is probably going to be pretty fragile at best. Very, yeah. But there's some within Labour. Who, oh, there'll be who plenty with them. There's pressure on Jacinda from within Labour of people who are saying. We've got to do it. Yeah, the old timers who don't have don't, three years. Who don't have the time. But you've got to think strategically. And it's three years out of government, and yeah. you know why do well, it if you're it not three in years? government? Do you and know what's it's the even point? Last I get all those long. arguments. Mm. And she she has to be fair to her. I heard her say very clearly that no, no, she's not. She's absolutely not being in any way expedient about her own position in mm. favour of the party. She will put the interests of the party in the country first. I have no doubt about that. Mm. But it's just um, they're, they're in different parts of this 
careers, aren't they? Different parts of the cycle, different for sure, parts of the For sure. And those in power always tend to cling much more tightly to and it. Her, and they? her election night speech, I mean, she said it herself. She wanted more. They needed more. Yeah. I still don't I still don't agree that that was a concession speech though. No, I just I thought it was, it was I thought it was realistic. Yeah, based so did I. on the numbers. I thought it was realistic and quite yeah. She was just being frank about what the situation was. I mean, James Shaw's, it just contrasted so much with James Shaw's because his was sort of... Made it sound like they'd won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was almost Cunliffe-esque. Um, but I do, um, it would be, I mean, from a historic and political perspective, it would be really fascinating if they Winston and, and National couldn't do a deal and, and then it, it fell to Labour. Mm-hmm. And you know, it would just—it would just be such a historic well, precedent. Well, they, they have got close. I mean, I do think—I do believe that their policies are closer. I mean, things, things like the Reserve Bank. Um, you know, there's 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 Labour and New Zealand First on sort of economic issues are probably a bit closer than because I mean, Winston's sort of anti, sort of anti-neoliberal at times. You but know? coalitions, when it gets down to it, coalitions are about relationships. They're not about issues. It depends on the personalities and whether mm. they can keep themselves together and keep those relationships going over three years. I think Winston's shown that he, I think there, I think there would be quite a bit of stability to begin with anyway. I think there'd be a, a real effort on discipline and they'd try really hard for the first, whether it's just whether or not when the pressure comes on over some crises, whether that's where it would tell. And I think we have to remember there is a very real possibility that, that Winston would sit on the cross benches and yep. all that that comes with that. He before had he he's signalled before the last election. He signalled months ago that that was something that he likes the idea of. He wasn't and really talking about it in this campaign, though. No, he, he has in pre- two, the two previous campaigns. He's been quite strong on that. But I I didn't hear a lot of that from him this campaign. Yeah, but it's an option. It it's is something. It yeah. is an option. Something he said today, it's a all nine options option. are still on yeah. the table. Yeah. So he will Not be thinking nine, <laughs> whatever is nine. But well, I think it, that's something that he. He will be thinking about him whether, and don't forget that caucus meeting they had was it yesterday, whatever day it was. Um, it was very long. It went long it went, into the it night. Went long, yeah. and so that's very unusual for New Zealand First. Mm-hmm. And and they would have been discussing all those options. And some of his MPs, people like Tracy Martin, who will naturally want to go with Labour over National, that all of those, they will be just looking at those options and they may feel more comfortable sitting on the cross benches. Like it really matters what they National. think, though. Like yes, it really okay. matters what but Tracy But it was interesting thinks. that they meet for that reason. It yeah. was interesting that their meeting went on for that long mm. because you have to think Ron Mark and Tracy Martin were standing there and they were on the negotiating team and they would have been giving Winston their point of view whether he listened or not. <laughs> she, would you, they, they want to be ministers, those guys, don't they? Yes. You know, I, I agree that the, the cross benches is a possibility. It would be uncharted territory, um, but we've been here before 2008 or 2005. We, there, was, there was ministers outside of government. Winston was foreign affairs minister, but he wasn't part of the government and all sort of thing. It was all just Can rewritten. you imagine, though, the chaos before every piece of every legislation? Piece. It'd be like the, as I said, it would be like the RMA law every time. Mm. We wouldn't know. They'd be just and Winston yeah, I don't want to play that game. And Winston never <laughs> wants to say either. Anytime you're trying to ask him if he's going to support a bill, he's always, you know, does a Winston and mm. won't tell you. But every member's bill would suddenly be live. Mm. Yeah. Any, if you know, and, and then you suddenly, yeah, you, you'd, get the, you'd get the opposition party. You could end up half the time, time in a situation where it's actually National and Labour supporting a bill than National and New Zealand First, because yeah. if you look at voting records, Labour actually supports yep. about over half Green legislation, coalition. and mm. so you'd end up in this weird position of... of I reckon you'd see the I ve- love the idea of a, a grand coalition, though. <laughs> I think it'd be fantastic. Well, it'd be, it's worked well in Germany. Up until now, it's worked well in Germany. Yeah, well, if it, you, you wouldn't rule it out if some sort of crisis comes down the pipe, you know, mm. North Korea or something something, heaven forbid, touch wood. Um, it's in that situation that you would see people move together. Absolutely, and national security. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Anyway, as we're waiting for Winston, uh, I think we've got a compilation of what 
It was like in 1996. Flashback. Flashback to 20 years ago. A litogram. (laughs) A what? Can you tell us how the talks went today? Well, like every other day. Are you getting tired of all the talking? From certain circles, yes, I am. So I guess I've got to do with the coalition, the potential coalition partners. So you still have matters outstanding with National? Yes, but we're, you know, it's the same with Labour. Not, there are not very many left to go. You believe there will be a decision before Parliament sits on Thursday? I believe so. You believe so? Yes. And when, when, what day are you looking at? As soon as we can get it done. Well, when is that? Wednesday or...? Well, yes, hopefully. Why? So you're looking at Wednesday as the day? No, hopefully before Wednesday. <laughs> so is this after your caucus on a Tuesday? You think that'll be the final caucus? and the final decision then. Well, we hope so. So there are no more philosophical questions that need to be asked with either Labour or National? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, there are still some issues with both sides that are yet to be sorted out, but they'll be sorted out very soon. Would you anticipate that any deal with Labour would result in increased taxation? I can't answer those sort of questions. So that was a throwback to 20 years ago, but um, things are a little bit different now. A little bit different, but also the same. Winston <laughs> seemed to like the media a bit more than he does now. 20 more years of us have obviously um, made him like the media less. Uh, I think, as we've discussed before in the podcast, one of the big issues is the differences about where we're allowed to film in Parliament, mm. um, uh, which does create issues for us and has created issues today because uh, they can hold the meetings as they Poking have. through windows, lying they, on the floor. We were, li- we were lying on the floor today. So mm. so there are areas we are not allowed to film and despite, as Press Gallo Chair, uh, I tried very hard for us to be able to get even one shot of Bill English heading into a, into a room. We're not allowed to do that. and so. But let's be honest, I mean, it's a bit of theatre and it's farcical, really. I mean, if they if they really didn't want the TV cameras there, there are plenty of ways that they could go. Winston doesn't have to parade through, no, the, no, he doesn't. through Bowen he House and the Traveller. He keeps he talking to, to us as well. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's not pretend that we're trailing after him and he's reluctant. It's a love-hate relationship. It always has been and always will with Winston. He, he loves us as much as he hates us. He uses us and needs us and berates us and then people will, you know... It's Which is fine. Yeah, he can be as disrespectful as he likes. I just wish that he would ask some questions because he's as <laughs> accountable as the next politician. Oh, no, In fact, more so since he's holding the country to ransom. I think the five minutes that uh, you got him this morning, Corin, when I listened back to it twice to try oh, and that? find he was something. Actually answering questions. Well, kind of, <laughs> kind of. But the most, the most, really the most we got yeah. out of him was him saying was, there were words coming out. There, were, uh, there was yeah. literally a sentence where I was like, there were words coming out of his mouth, but he's not saying anything. That's like and that forty-minute press conference the other day. Yeah, but but there no, was, was the, the only. Thing we got out of him I felt like was a bit where he did talk about what the meetings today were going to be about and yes. that was about setting the ground rules yep. and, and and prelim discussions and how those were going to work that was actually again, something of interest he hasn't said before but that was five minutes that but was why, all we got why did, why did, again why do we have to wait a week and a half for them to set the ground rules exactly and what, what's happened to Skype wasn't he banging on about using Skype haven't you heard of Skype he said the day after the election there's not enough signal in Fananaki for Skype is the problem he wants to be well, out on the boat no. maybe on the boat in the Bay of Islands no he let's be have, honest he wants to be here with the TV cameras trailing round after him. Northland does not have good broadband. That's part of the problem. I don't think think in Fananaki, someone might disagree with me there, but I don't think he's going to get very good Wi-Fi in Fananaki. Maybe he could make that one of his red lines. (laughs) 5G for Fananaki. 5G (laughs) Fananaki. That'll win him a few votes of the batch owners there. So I think that's us. Yeah. Are we done? We're done. We've run out We're of done. stuff to say. Corin's right. already had his, uh, for anyone wondering, he, first thing this morning, I snapped Corin eating a cheese scone with strawberry jam on it. That's why I haven't touched those scones, because you, that would be my third for the day. 
Third scone. There's it's, nothing wrong with that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So it's been lovely to have you with us again. Uh, just again, our 10th, 10th episode of Inside Parliament, our weekly catch up with the stories that we've been covering on One News. So it's generally available every Friday morning on the One News Facebook page, iTunes and SoundCloud, whatever that is. See you next time. See you next time. Cheers.